Welcome to Douglas Wilson's The Plodcast, presented by Canon Press. This is The Plodcast, episode 222. I'm Douglas Wilson, and I'm glad you decided to join me. A little bit ago, uh, a few weeks now, uh, at the time you're hearing this, a jury came back with a conviction for Jussie Smollett. I'm not sure that's how you pronounce it. I'll just say Jussie Smollett because I'm not French. You say Smollett. <laughs> not that. Uh, you remember that he was uh, the actor. He was a black actor and a homosexual actor who arranged for a couple of guys to beat him up. This was a few years ago, and he re- he reported it as a hate crime against him, directed at against him because he was black and because he was homosexual. And he was uh, out at night in sub-zero, uh, well, I don't know if it was sub-zero temperature. It was really cold. He was in Chicago in the middle of the night out getting food or something. And he, his story was he was accosted by two men in MAGA hats who called him a faggot and uh, beat him up because he was black and homosexual. And when he reported this hate crime, the left-wing world, we'll call it left-wing world, jumped on it like, like a duck on a June bug. Everything, you know, just, we automatically believe Jesse. We automatically believe this was a hate crime. We, we don't have to investigate. We don't have to check. Well, the story came unraveled fairly quickly. And then was resurrected when Smollett was um, accused and tried of faking his own his very own hate crime, either to get his name in the papers again or to to juice some failing publicity or to get attention. I'm, I'm not sure, but so the jury just came back and found him guilty of concocting this uh, uh, this story. Now, this we need is it's worth going over yet. Again, if you hear a report of an atrocity, someone drove their SUV into a parade, someone shot up a school, someone got beat up and called names, and that's all you have heard. If you need to know what color the victim was or the alleged victim, if you need to know what color the perpetrator or the alleged perpetrator was, uh, before you utter an opinion, before you tell us what you think about it, I, I can't tell you whether I'm for or against this assault. I can't tell you whether I'm for or against this murder. I can't tell you whether I'm for or against this rape because I don't know the colors of the people involved. If you have that mentality, then you ought to be disbarred from any jury, serving on any jury anywhere, anytime. If I say, well, yeah, this guy was assaulted, but I was the guy who assaulted him. Do his politics align with mine, or does his ethnicity align with mine, or does he have similar bumper stickers on his car as mine? Uh, if all of that is true, and I and I excuse or wave away the atrocity that he's guilty of because our politics align, then I am being wicked. I'm being wicked. And those who jumped in, on, now we've had a trial, 
And it has been shown in open court that this whole thing was rigged. This whole thing was staged. We, what everybody suspected early on has now been confirmed, right? And that means everybody who tweeted or said or announced their support for Jesse, everybody who weighed in on his side, as soon as the news hit, as soon as the allegation was made, there it's a little bit like Gullible's Travels. A couple of guys wearing MAGA hats in Chicago in the middle of the night. Seriously? This is Trump country? <laughs> no. Continuing on with episode 222 of the podcast, as we continue our journey through the gallery of sins in the New Testament, a study of homartiology, we call it, we come to a word that is used once, and that is in the context of sinfulness. The word is ekaio, E-K-K-A-I-O, ekaio, and it means burn. It means burn. Romans one twenty seven is the place. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Now, the context in which Paul uses the word is the context of homosexual lust. It's homosexual lust that is causing these people to burn. Men abandoned the natural use of the woman, Paul says, and burned in their lust toward one another. The end result of this burning was a lot of unseemly behavior and a pattern of behavior that recoiled back onto them. It says they receive in themselves the recompense of their error. In other words, um, homosexual practice uh, is something that collapses in on the person pursuing it. Now, because heterosexual intercourse is called here the natural use, we may conclude that this burning is both unnatural and can be described as abuse. There's two things. It's unnatural and it's abusive. Unnatural means that it runs contrary to the intended design, and abuse helps explain why they receive in themselves the paycheck for their behavior. For example, a man who sleeps with a girl he's not married to is sinning against God's word. He's guilty of fornication, and he's uh, sinning against her. Let's assume that he seduced her, and he's planning, uh, planning to ditch her later. He's sinning against God. He's sinning against her, but he's not sinning against nature. He's sinning against God because God prohibited that. He's sinning against the woman because he's not treating her with charity. He's not applying the golden rule to her, but he's not sinning against nature. The intercourse that they have is the natural use of a man and a woman. Okay, so he's not sinning against nature. When a homosexual uh, sins, uh, let, let's say uh, two men are in a homosexual relationship, because they're in this relationship, they are sinning against God because God said not to do it. But they're not abandoning each other and they're not leaving one another in the lurch. So they're not sinning against one another in that sense. They're sinning together, but they're not sinning against charity with regard to one another because they're, they both do the housework and they both share their on the rent and that sort of thing. But they are sinning against nature. Okay? They're sinning against God, they're sinning against nature, and they get along well enough, let's say. The man who abandons a woman is sinning against God, sinning against the woman, and sinning against nature. And Paul says here 
that the thing that drives people to this kind of unnatural lust is a burning. All right, continuing with uh, the podcast, uh, episode 222, uh, the book review today is a book on preaching, and it's called The Joy of Preaching by Phillips Brooks. The Joy of Preaching by Phillips Brooks. Now, I've read quite a few books on preaching, and it's one of the subgenres that I've worked through. Uh, you know, I've got, well, I just read a lot of books on preaching, right? And uh, this this book, Phillips Brooks, was a much uh, renowned preacher in the early part of the 20th century. So it's a couple of full couple of full generations ago, uh, well, a century ago. So he was in the first part of the 20th century. We're now in the first part of the 21st century, and he was an Episcopalian and a, a great man and a great preacher. This book on preaching is not one that you're going to uh, get a lot of, you know, you're not going to get a lot of tips, uh, study habits, when how, how to open your Logos Bible software or how to do exegesis on this passage or that kind of verb or anything like that. It's not that kind of book of, on preaching. It's more a theological, he's, he's giving a, a set of lectures to either young seminarians or young men just recently graduated from seminary. And he is sort of describing the life of a preacher. And the thing that's so good about it is that he he is a, a preacher who very much occupies the realm of principle as opposed to method. He knows what makes people tick. He knows why people respond in certain ways. He knows he knows the pitfalls and failings, the sort of the vocational foibles of a preacher. And dissects them and just does a very good job with that. He is, uh, there are a few places in there where you think, oh, I wonder what he thinks about this or that issue. But by and large, he avoids that sort of thing and uh, describes what sort of man the preacher ought to be, how a preacher ought to engage with his congregation, how he needs to know his people, how he needs to know and love the Lord and be embracing the task of preaching as a, uh, as a means, as a divinely inspired means of introducing the people to the Lord Jesus and bringing them to the place where they're more like him. So, The Joy of Preaching by Phillips Brooks. Highly recommend it. It's still in print. And uh, I think I saw it referred to a number of times over the years and finally, a few years ago, decided to buy it, which I did. And then uh, having bought it, I finally pulled it down and started to read it. And I've been greatly, greatly edified, greatly helped, greatly blessed. For more from Doug on this topic, check out the Man Rampant episode, The Sin of Empathy. This episode and the rest of season one are available free on Canon Plus. Check it out today at mycanonplus.com. Yeah,